everyone. Welcome in to another episode of That's What Bee Said. We're a full crew tonight. I'm your host, Bree, at Breezy Clee, and I am joined by my ladies, both of my ladies. Brittany Mollis is back at Bird's Eye View. Hello, Brittany. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you. And Miss Meredith Kane at MK on Sports. Hello, Meredith. Hello. Guys, I'm so happy you're back. We're together, the three of us. Yay. The three best friends. <laughs> I was just going to sing that. <laughs> I, think, I think we've done that before, but it's okay. It feels good. It's needed. Yes. Um, we've made it. It's finally game week. Feels like it's taken forever to get here. And we've got uh, some exciting things lined up for this weekend. Brittany is going to fill our listeners in on the details in case you guys still don't have plans for Sunday's game against the Chiefs. Yes. So if you're bored on Sunday... If none of your friends invite you to come over, if you have no friends, we're always taking friends. Come hang out with us. We're going to be at High and Dry in Tremont on, well, it starts at noon, and we're going to be doing a whole lot of stuff. Uh, There'll be prizes, some giveaways, raffles, trivia, and it's just, it's basically like a big tailgate party. Uh, We're going to watch the game. Game starts at 425. Let's do it together, guys. Yay. Oh, come also, out. also, if you do come, we do ask that you bring school supplies because we will be collecting these things and uh, donating them to kids in need. So do what you can if you can. Yay. Woo. Yes. That's going to be fun. I think so. 25 Sunday game. Okay, so I was thinking about this today. Obviously, it was Labor Day on Monday. A lot of people had a long weekend. You know, it's the send-off of summer and, you know, fall's beginning. And obviously, college football started last week. You know, huge deal. But I was just thinking, man, doesn't the NFL miss out on an opportunity of, like, kicking off their season that weekend with a lot of people not working on Mondays? I mean, it just feels like it should have happened on Sunday. It was. It's really weird this year because there was only three preseason games yeah. and then this mandatory weekend off. And I swear, I feel like this two-week period between the last preseason game and this Sunday feels like it's taking 10 years. Yes. I it feel like I haven't watched two weeks them play. Ever. I haven't watched them play in like a year. Even though yes. it was just a couple weeks ago. Like, it just doesn't feel like, like it was. Yes. Yeah, and I, they... I didn't think, I thought that the, that it would be like, painstakingly slow after that last preseason game and really the first week was like it it was really really tough but then I do feel like the holiday weekend kind of sped things up a bit like we're already more than halfway through this week and Sunday is not that far away but I really struggle because and this is probably just me but I like Sundays, but I also don't like Sundays because I know that I have to work on Monday. So I'm always, it's, it's a Sunday scaries. I'm always like, (laughs) I still have this day off, but I know what's looming ahead of me. And I, I have a really hard time with football Sundays because it's always in the back of my mind. Like, yes, I'm really excited for football, but also really sad because I have to go to work the next day. Yes. Although this weekend, this weekend wasn't that bad because we did have college football to watch. Yes. Yeah, there. Yeah, college football was great this weekend. I'm, Although, wait, hold the, on. Can I, can I talk about something real fast? Yeah, of course. Okay. So Thursday night, uh, me and a couple of my friends went to Dive Bar 
to watch the Ohio State game. Regrettably, uh, okay? That, I was about to say, that was your first mistake. <laughs> like, going to dive bar on any day of the week for any reason is always going to be your first mistake. So we went there, and, you know, the, the first half of that game was pretty brutal. And not in a way, you know, it's the first game of the season, everything's been weird with COVID, like, whatever. The point is that you understand that Ohio State is a second half team. Like, yes. every, every, like everyone should like, know that. Yes, that's just like an understanding. So, you know, I'm sitting there with Jenna, the only other Notre Dame fan in this very crowded bar. And we're watching these Ohio State fans just have meltdowns in the first yes. half. Yes. And I'm just like watching them. It was comical because I'm like, do you guys not know your team at all? Like, why would you think that this is just going to... Now, on the flip side, Notre Dame played Saturday, which was almost a complete catastrophe. And with Notre Dame, <laughs> you have to worry about that because at any point, they could blow... And they blew an 18-point lead. You know? So Notre it was a good game. State, well, it was for anyone that just wasn't yeah, just Notre watching Dame casually. Fan. Yes, yes. Was it a good game for me? No, like no, me and my stressful. mom were up swearing, and <laughs> it was not a fun time. It was Brittany. miserable. You do know, Brittany, <laughs> that Virginia Tech and Notre Dame do play each other this year. Oh, we're gonna have to do our thing again. Yeah, we're definitely gonna do our <laughs> thing for that game. <laughs> Oh my god. So I I don't I don't know if we've ever told the story on the podcast. All of our friends obviously know this story, but like our first time ever meeting in person was a few years ago watching a Virginia Tech uh Notre Dame football game. It was a day. It was a very <laughs> long day. <laughs> but yeah, we uh we had a college football Saturday. It was uh, a time. Started, <laughs> it started with Virginia Tech and Notre Dame, and nobody remembers how it ended. Oh, boy. <laughs> One of those. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll have to do, we'll have to do, I don't know if we're going to be able to do the uh, same thing where nobody remembers how the day ends, but we're going to have to do something for that day because it'll be fun. We will do something. Definitely. You so. ladies want to get into Brown's Chief? Let's oh game week i know it still feels surreal like it really is that does. strange like i i feel like my schedule like hasn't sunk into my head yet of like what my life is gonna be like starting on sunday it's just a strange thing but yeah it feels very weird because this felt like one of the longest off seasons ever yeah like yes. long but fast i don't like it's i feel like we were in the heat of summer, like, oh my gosh, is this season ever going to get here? And here we are. Like, time just flies. It really does. Time doesn't time exist, flies. okay? It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Not in time the simulation, it doesn't. <laughs> no. Time is a construct. But we do have a fun show lined up tonight. We have gotten some storylines heading into the matchup against the Chiefs. We'll talk about maybe a storyline that could be coming out of the game. I brought back the over-unders, guys. I don't know how good of a job I did with these. Uh, you'll have to tell me. And then we'll have our rival Reddit segment to wrap up. Lots of lots of fun things happening, per usual, on the Reddit boards. All right, so let's kick off with storylines heading into the game on Sunday. I want to start with a question of what this game means. Because I think from a fan perspective, it probably is very different than a player mindset going into this game. And obviously we are very in tune, tapped into what the fans are saying. 
with our Twitter presence and what's been going on. And I feel like from a fan perspective, this is deemed as like the revenge game. <laughs> we all have a sour taste in our mouths after half how the, the game ended last year, that playoff game. Uh, but I think if we were all honest with ourselves, this Browns team last year wasn't really whole. In fact, the defense was filled with holes. <laughs> it's hard to imagine had we come out with a win in that game if we would have really went any farther than that. So I wanted to ask you guys both, are you guys ready to just move past the narrative from last year, that non-call against Higgins, the helmet-to-helmet, the Chad Henney first down run? Like, I'm, I'm kind of sick of talking about it. I don't think the players are going into this thinking that this is a revenge game. Of course, I'm sure they want to win, but how do you guys feel? I feel, and I hope, because this is kind of the mentality that Kevin Stefanski instills in his players, that everyone's going in with a clean slate. Uh, you know, the majority of the offense is still intact, but we're going to have OBJ back. Um, or at least I'm assuming uh, they haven't, you know, announced the lineups for Saturday, but I'm assuming OBJ should be ready to go. So, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. wasn't in the game against Kansas City last year, and he obviously wanted to be. So that'll be a little bit different, and we have a completely different defense. So I'm really hoping that they're kind of looking at it as, you know, new year, new me. <laughs> Let's wipe the slate clean, not think about last season. I'm kind of feeling bittersweet about this one. And, like, at the beginning, when they did, like, the schedule release and stuff, I was like, oh, yeah, we get the Chiefs first. Cool. Revenge. Bleh. And now <laughs> that it's, like, here, I feel like we're kind of getting gypped. Because, you know, you have, like, these, these two teams, two of the best teams in the AFC, right? And I don't know if you guys remember but our first game last season did not go so well. No. And, yeah. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> and granted, they bounced back and everything was fine. But isn't that going to be kind of a bummer if that happens again? And Ugh. I guess it's it's less pressure because they're doing this now and not in like, you know, week 10. Yes. Or, you know, later on when they're both really at their peak. Or at least, you know, you would think that they would be at their peak. Um. But yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe I'm just, I just want, I don't know, guys. I'm not I, even, like, okay. nervous. I'm not nervous. Brittany, I will say your feeling is kind of how I felt this morning, too. I had, like, an immediate flashback to last year's opening game against mm -hmm. the Ravens that did not look good at all. And Kevin Stefanski, but well, Remember there was that really weird fake punt call? Like, there mm -hmm. were some, like, really questionable decisions happening in that game. Odell had some uncharacteristic drops in that game. He looked mm -hmm. frustrated. And people were already, fans specifically, were already to write off this team and how bad they looked and how they weren't prepared. They were, they were ready to fire Kevin Stefanski after week one. Yes. Of course they were. <laughs> yes. And funny enough, I got the time hop today of the two years ago browns opener which was at home against tennessee oh no and Ooh. then i was like okay you know last year was bad but 2019 was worse <laughs> so you know i i think sunday i feel like the pressure is honestly on the chiefs um you know they're coming off of a super bowl loss and they didn't play that well in the super bowl and quite frankly i think the browns and we'll talk about this in a little bit where 
the Browns are today, they match up really well with the Chiefs. And I don't think there's really any pressure on us. Like, if we win the game, amazing, that's great. But if we lose, I don't think that we as fans should be discouraged and write off this entire season. Absolutely not. I think, though, there's going to be a few things that I'm looking for specifically on Sunday. Um, First thing I'm going to look for is Kevin Stefanski's clock management because the last five minutes of that game last year, it was very questionable, and that felt very uncharacteristic of Kevin Stefanski. So I'm hoping to see him do a little bit better with time management, which he did for the majority of the season. It just, the, the end of that Kansas City game last year just felt very off. So hopefully he's gotten through that. And then I just want to see how well both these lines work together. I want to see how this new defense gels together. I want to see this offense in their second year working together. And honestly, if they look good, you know, if we're not having these uncharacteristic drops or, you know, the the guys really doing what they're supposed to do on the field and looking good and hopefully keeping it close, that's all I want to see out of them because this is going to be a very, very tough matchup week one. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's it. Like, if, if we just have a good-looking football team, and I hate to say that because I feel like that's kind of the mentality that we had, you know, during the Hugh Jackson era, but still, like, it's just... The Browns have a bad history with week one football games, and I feel like this is the first time in at least half a decade where it's not the end of the world if the Browns don't win. Now, if they look like hot garbage, like if it's like the Tennessee game in 2019, no, don't even say it. <laughs> then yes, we have a lot to worry about. Um, but yeah, it's like, I just hope everyone has fun. <laughs> if it if it makes any, fun. it's like a flag football game right if it makes anyone right. feel any better i remember last season up until probably like week three or four everyone was panicking about baker mayfield specifically his footwork yeah <laughs> and yes. we really wanted to trade baker not we but you know as a collective fan base there was a lot of talk of He's just never going to learn. He's never going to improve. Yes. Look I at remember feet. those calls into the radio station. Oh, my God. You remember those calls into the radio station. <laughs> I had to screen those damn calls. <laughs> there was a lot. But everything turned out fine. That's the bottom line. Everything turned out fine. And you see this team, and they look very focused. There was no distractions. There was no drama. Nothing happened. They was very. This whole offseason was very determined it was very focused and I think that's the result we're going to see on Sunday so I I'm not expecting this to go wrong I'm not expecting it did you you guys guys both alluded oh go ahead I was gonna I was gonna ask you did you see that picture that Baker Mayfield posted can we talk about those quads right that's what what I was gonna say oh my god he's got like those those are some thick thighs and like thick in a really good way like he has like his quads have cleavage he has bodybuilder (laughs) legs like that That does not yeah he does not skip leg day I don't think his knees should be out with those quads looking like that right oh my god I don't know what Baker Mayfield's um off-season workout plan was but I want to know because I want to do it now because I want quads like that. Holy crap. Yeah, Meredith, imagine you walking around with quads like that. <laughs> like I you're love like it. Five, foot, it. five foot nothing and you have these massive quads just <laughs> oh walking around God. town. Yes. Who are you yes. trying to scare, Meredith? Everyone. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> 
I want to be a presence when I'm walking. Like, if you see me walking down East 9th Street, no, you didn't. <laughs> when goofs call into the station, you can just be like, excuse me, sir, have you seen my quads? <laughs> you want to change your tone? They're exactly. bigger than beakers. <laughs> Quad goals. Oh my God. Yes. There's a shirt. Quad goals. That is. Jenna, I know you're listening. Quad goals. There we go. There's an it can just it can just be a thigh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um well I was gonna go into I did have that picture on here on our rundown, but I wanted to go back to the coaching piece because Meredith, you alluded to this. Kevin Stefanski did not coach a great game last year, specifically against the Chiefs. Obviously, he was coming off of COVID. Maybe he had the COVID brain fog. I don't know. Could have been a lot of things. Uh, But specifically, he is matching up against Andy Reid, who is obviously one of the best coaches in the NFL at this point. And I don't know if you guys saw the stat being thrown around, but he is 8-0 against the Browns. So statistically... Not in our favor, but I did want to touch on Kevin Stefanski in today's press conference, in case you missed it, was very critical of his decisions throughout all of last year. And he was quoted as saying, I don't think I did a very good job in a bunch of moments last year. I can't ask the guys to improve and not look inward as well. So I think he's very aware of the mistakes that he made last year, specifically in this game. Mm -hmm. And I have confidence that he's not going to let that happen again. I mean, he was, and Brittany, you talked about this. He was out coached last year. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, that was the first game and the last game are the only two games where Kevin Stefanski just looked like he was being out coached completely. Lost. Yeah, he looked yes. lost. Yes. But I don't, is, I, I, I think he's probably thought about this. And he'll never admit it because he never, you know, he's a very sort of stoic figure. Um, doesn't really get into the the minutia of everything but like I'm sure this is weighed on him because at the end of the day that costs them the game and it's fine like you know Kansas City was the better team Brown like you said the Browns had a lot of holes their defense was was not built to go to the Super Bowl last year just wasn't um but you know I I I think we're gonna see a very determined Kevin Stefanski on Sunday. Take that, Andy oh. Reid. <laughs> also, yeah, I wanna... you know, we talk about like 8-0 against the Browns. It's, it, this isn't the same Cleveland Browns as it was. Okay, right. like he racked up all those wins playing against the really terrible Browns team. So I want to ask you guys a question. Do you think the Browns can pull off it? Because this is a very hard thing to do in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Browns could pull off two wins against the Chiefs because there is a very real possibility that they could be meeting in the AFC championship game again at the end of the season. So it could be a first game of the season, last game of the season meeting between the two teams. Do you think the Browns have it in them to win twice? I'm going to call up my dad right now because he always talks about this. Like beating a team twice is really hard. He wants to lose this first game. Like he he, wants them to not win on Sunday. I think it'll be good for them if they lose. Oh my God. (laughs) Boomer Brown's dad. Uh, Yeah, that is, that's a very boomer take. We we love you, Papa Bree, but. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I have to tell you though, this was the cutest thing ever. We went over to their house on Monday for Labor Day to have like a little picnic or whatever. 
And I get there and he was like, I printed out the Brown 75th anniversary crossword puzzle. Let's do it together. <laughs> so we, we tried to it. fill out the crossword puzzle for like, we, we, we could not fill in. There were a few holes and we didn't, we tried not to Google either, but I thought that was really cute of him. I oh love my gosh. it. I think so, I need to send that to my dad. And have you should. Enjoyed. I don't know. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know where he got it from. I'll have to ask him. You can send yeah, it over to him. Yeah. Send it over. Yeah. Send it to me um, if you find it, because I'm I'm sure my dad would absolutely love that. Yes. Browns anyway, crosswords. I got us. I got us off so on a tangent. That's totally fine. I answered my. I answered. I guess I answered my dad's answer, but Brittany. <laughs> I'm curious to hear yours. Well, it's kind of like what I was saying at the very beginning, where it's not going to be the biggest deal in the world if the Cleveland Browns lose to the Kansas City Chiefs in week one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the pressure's not really there. If things go according to plan, they are going to play them again at the end of the year. Like, if they lose, and I'm not saying I hope they lose. If they do, it's not like, you know, we're getting blown out to the Cincinnati Bengals on week one. You know what I mean? It's a, this is the Kansas City Chiefs, so it's not like that big of a deal. I do. It's possible. It's very possible. This team has the possibility to beat the Kansas City Chiefs twice. Is it probable? Eh. <laughs> I mean, but yeah. here's the thing, though. Like possible, we, we yes, about, but not probable. Right. We talk about it though. Like any given Sunday, any team can win. Yes. I, I mean, like. The NFL, like, there isn't even on the worst teams. And I know, throw throw away, like, the 0-16 Browns team or whatever. But in most cases, NFL teams are pretty even. Like, these are professional football players. Like, there is talent on both sides. It's not it's not a Ohio State against a, I don't know, a Division three football school. Like, yeah. they're, like the, the NCAA is so unbalanced when it comes to, like, your power teams versus your smaller teams that just don't have that talent. The NFL is not that way at all. They, yeah. they physically are not set up to be that way. So right. I, I do think it is really hard to beat a team twice. It's very possible, though, because there's so many factors that can go into it as well. Like, week one is going to be very different than, you know, week 18, 19 in the season. Injuries. Yeah. There's so many changes that can happen that I think if the Browns win, we shouldn't be panicked saying like, oh, no, we're not going to win if we face them again. Right. Right. I so I'm like I'm the worst when it comes to superstition. Like I have so many superstitions. It's not even funny. Um, I was hoping that the Browns were going to lose one of their preseason games because last time they went undefeated in the preseason, they went 0-16 in their regular season. I was like, I mean, it was nice to see how well they were playing, um, especially with those third, fourth string guys who were fighting for their life. And, you know, a lot of them wound up on other teams and a lot of them are back on the practice squad, which is great. But I'm sitting there thinking like, man, I don't like this. I don't want any bad omens. <laughs> yes, the difference was, and this is very sad, our 4-0 preseason, like, our starters were playing. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> and we were so excited. Oh, yeah. Deshaun Kaiser out there. Yes, we were like, we have our quarterback. It's our team. <laughs> Disaster. Oh, Disaster. man. that Thank you. That makes me feel a little bit better. Thank you for bringing that up. Yes. Like, I'm not even, like, I'm being 100% serious. It totally makes me feel better. The Chiefs won all three of theirs as well, right? So, 3-0, undefeated preseason Chiefs versus Browns. There you go. 
<laughs> That's the storyline no one's talking about. <laughs> exactly. Why is nobody talking about that? Neither team lost a preseason game. It's clearly the most important thing that we need to look at going into week one. Oh, you know what we do need to talk about, though? And this has been something that has been talked about quite a bit if you have been paying attention to any type of analysis going into the game. And that is the Browns' defensive line versus the Chiefs' offensive line. So just to remind everyone, the Chiefs' offensive line last year set a record in the Super Bowl for the number of pressures allowed against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, if you watch that game, he was uncomfortable the entire time. Mm -hmm. So the Chiefs went out and they revamped their entire offensive line. They're going to be starting five new players, inclusive of three rookies that will be matching up against Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney. I'm so excited. Notable today, though, that Clowney did not practice due to an illness. Coach Kevin Stefanski already confirmed this is not COVID-related. He tested Wait. negative for the big C. <laughs> I was going to say, you have to call it what it is in the rundown because the I saw C. that and started laughing. His the, <laughs> he tested negative for the big C. <laughs> oh well, you God. know, it's funny because I saw initial, like, I, I was, I think I was, I don't know if I was listening to the presser live, but I, I heard him say he was out due to illness. And then it was like, you could almost hear the collective, like, panic being set off of like oh no like the doom is already starting for this week (laughs) the first week of the browns of browns opening game and we already are going to have to deal with this covid situation well because it's it's a serious thing one of the tight ends on the dolphins tested positive for covid uh monday and he's unvaccinated so it doesn't matter you know what happens per nfl protocols he's out for 10 days like minimum out 10 days. So he's going to miss their season opener. So like, it's, it's a real thing. I don't know whether or not Jadavion is, um, is vaccinated, but if it was COVID and he was vaccinated, he's like that, he's got like three days to get two negative tests to come back. So that I could understand the collective panic sinking in (laughs) when you say, Hey, someone is sick. Yeah. It's, it's scary anytime anyone is sick, like even just a normal life. It's automatically oh, yeah. like you expect it to be like, oh my gosh, you have COVID. I know my my nose has been running a lot lately and I'm like, cause I've got allergies and I live right by the lake and it just, none of it helps. And I'm sitting here thinking, and this is how I thought all last year too. I was like, I am so glad that runny nose is not one of the symptoms of COVID. Otherwise I'd think I have it every single day. Wait, does living by a lake make it worse? No. So, okay. So I think this is, I don't know. I think this is a fake thing, but this is something that my dad told me and it just, it sticks with me. So he calls, he calls it lake allergies. And I don't know if this is a real thing or not, because he said that he was always a stuffy kid. Like his nose was always stuffy. His nose was always running. And then when he went to college in DC and moved out of Ohio, he like didn't have those problems anymore. Well, now he has the pollen issues because the pollen is off the charts in DC, mm-hmm. but now he has pollen allergies. And when I moved to Ohio, I always had a runny nose. And my dad was like, oh, yep, lake allergies. Like, is that a real thing? I don't think it's, I think he <laughs> made it up. That. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard but of that. But I've lived less than a mile from the lakeshore, the, like my entire, you know, life in Ohio and I always have a runny nose. So I don't know, maybe it is a real thing. Maybe it's just hereditary. Maybe it's just hereditary, me and my dad. I don't know. 
Someone but needs yeah, to ask he, Clowney if he has lake allergies. Yeah, he might have lake allergies. Why are they not asking the important questions is what I want <laughs> exactly, to know. Exactly. No. <laughs> um, uh, but if someone if someone knows if lake allergies is a real thing or if it's my dad just yanking my chain the way he has always done my entire life, like let me know. Let me know. I, there's gotta, Someone's going to respond. <laughs> there's got to be some reason that my nose just runs all the time in Ohio. I like that reason. I think you should keep telling people that. (laughs) Lake allergies. Because I hear it and I'm like, wait a second. Is that a real thing? Because I'm like right there. Yeah, because you live by the lake too. Yeah, it's it's my neighbor. Yeah. I can spit in there. Your neighbor. And like I've been sneezing a lot. So I'm like, wait a second. Is there truth to this? Am I allergic to the lake water? I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know. Hopefully that's all it is for Jadavion. Just lake allergies. Just like allergies. Well, yeah. And so I wanted to ask. I mean, let's fully anticipate that he will play with Miles on Sunday. Did Tampa Bay show a blueprint for how to beat the Chiefs? And is this what Andrew Barry had in mind during the offseason in order to set up the defense to attack the Chiefs? Oh, it's going to be an attack. Yes, I love it. Give me, those tell me two, more. Those two together. I mean, I that's probably definitely top five of what I'm most excited for this season is just yes. seeing those two. Can you imagine being on the opposite side of that? Like, I'm I don't terrifying. care how much you revamped things. I don't care. Like, I would not want Clowney and Miles Garrett flying at my face. Same. Also, let's not count out John Johnson the third and Troy Hill, who both played together uh, in L.A., and Troy Hill, I think, was probably the sleeper pick for uh, Andrew Barry in his free agent signings in the offseason. And the fact that both he and JJ already have the the chemistry that they need because they've played together before. They've been in the trenches together. Like, they know each other. They get each other. So you've already got that bond between the two of them. And those two are just outstanding defensive players. Uh, everything that I heard coming out of L.A. after Andrew Barry signed John Johnson III was just L.A. fans were distraught because he was such a beloved member on that team. So I just we've got Miles and we've got Jadavion, who are the flashy names and the really exciting guys. But I think that Troy Hill and John Johnson III are going to make a huge impact as well. Yeah, of course. The secondary upgrade is going to take pressure off of the D-line, even though I think the D-line got upgraded as well. But Mm -hmm. That's definitely going to be a major factor on Sunday. Like, we just didn't have the speed last year to keep up. I mean, we looked like a JV squad playing against yeah. their offense. And, and, and we didn't have anyone. like a track star, man. You guys yeah, see how fast JOK okay runs? Holy with, crap. With Kelsey either. Like, Kelsey was a huge mismatch for for us going into that yeah. game. Like, I think, you know, we have Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, who was asked about that specifically. Like, I, I think... And Brittany, when I was asking the question, I thought you were answering about you were most excited to see Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski <laughs> against the team. Because all I think about was like, they're probably like in a room right now, just like going over the <laughs> analytics and like all the things they're going to do. And if that is not the biggest turn on ever, I don't know what is. <laughs> Nerds are sexy. I mean just the mastermind of what is going to be happening. But yes, on the field is one. They very are, excited. They're top five of also what I'm excited to see this season. And you know what? They're number one. I just want to see them do all of their things. Yes. All the time. 
I just okay so I have this picture in my mind of Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski being just besties in real life (laughs) and they like send each other pictures of their pets or like I I imagine like Andrew Barry and and uh Britain playing chess or something and Andrew sending his moves to Kevin be like what she's she's gaining on me what do I need to do here like that's what I picture in my head. The, yeah, there was an, did you guys see the article today? I didn't read it, but I saw like a headline for it about Andrew Barry, and it said something about how he's a, a board game. He has a board game fetish. Oh like, yeah, the exact term that they yes. use. And I was like, no, what I does didn't that mean? See that. <laughs> Listen, board games are so much fun. I used to do. This is gonna like out me in such a nerdy way, but we used to do um, Settler of Catan nights when I was in college. We oh, would dear do those. God. We'd have like scattergory nights. We did board game nights. Now, granted, there was always a lot of alcohol involved because it was college and that was just expected. But even when I was in high school, we would have board game nights um, minus the alcohol because we were all goody two shoes. But <laughs> like, I love it. I love it. I just like the they're just all playing board games. And Andrew Barry is, you know, texting his moves under the table to Kevin Stefanski being like, hey, hey, what do I do next? He's like, you sunk my battleship. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I that's what I like to picture in my head. Just like them being like the best of friends. They ever. for sure are. For oh sure. yeah. Like work besties and real life besties. It kind of seems like they are. They were talking about that today. They said they met in, in 2013 and like they've been in communication ever since, like pretty much nonstop, I think. Love that. It's the best. Yeah. I love it so much. It makes me so happy. Yeah. We love it. Team nerds. All right. We will finish up a couple of more storylines before we head into our other segment. But let's talk about the Browns offense. Do we expect the Browns to pick up where we left off? So, Meredith, you mentioned this earlier, but we do have a healthy squad coming into this game, obviously. Um, Odo Beckham is returning, and then the offensive line is back intact. So this goes, like, maybe a little bit unnoticed, but Jedrick Wills last year went out during the first drive. Uh, we were we were a bit banged up on the offensive line. Uh, and as we already mentioned, Baker Mayfield had a getaway over the weekend with OBJ, Jarvis, and Hooper. So, guys, they're working on their chemistry. And Every, their everyone is concerned about OBJ and Baker's chemistry, and they spent all weekend together. So, Listen, if you look at that photo, it is very clear that Austin Hooper did not understand the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> He looked like a huge nerd. (laughs) He was like, wait, are we supposed to flex? I'm going to stand here. He looked like a big dummy. (laughs) We love you, who? I I mean that in a loving way, okay? Yes, it was was charming how he did not understand it. (laughs) (laughs) So do you guys think... You know, I think our offense wasn't necessarily as big of a concern last year heading into this game, although we continuously talked about how we needed to score enough points. I think the Chiefs were more prepared for the Browns offense last year, so I expect some wrinkles from Mm -hmm. Kevin Stefanski to throw them off a bit. But do you think there's – like, what do you think is the main factor for this offense in order to have a chance to win this game? I think the biggest thing is just spreading the ball around because, and we saw this a lot last year where before OBJ got hurt, he was getting double and triple teamed, which was bad for OBJ, but it was great for the rest of the offense because it opened up 
you know, lanes for Nick Chubb to run down. It opened up Jarvis Landry to catch. It opened up our tight ends to to make catches. So I think the the fact that there are just so many weapons on offense, almost to an overwhelming degree, it's mm-hmm. so difficult to prepare for that because, you know, Nick Chubb is a different type of running back than Kareem Hunt, and OBJ is a different type of receiver than Jarvis Landry is. And then you've got, you know, you've got Hollywood and you've got DPJ uh, on the receiving end too. You've got all of these guys that Baker really does have true chemistry with, and it's so difficult to scheme against all of that. So I just, I want to see that from Baker. I, I think it might be a low scoring game on both sides. And that's okay because it is, you know, the first game of the season. But man, I would just, I would love to see everyone making some kind of play throughout the game. You know, let let Kareem eat, let let Chubb eat, let Jarvis eat, let OBJ eat. You know, let Hollywood have his have his time. Let him do his red carpet walk. So I just think that, um, I think that's going to be something that's going to be really exciting just for the whole season. Yeah. I mean, you're just going through all those names and you just, wow, we really do have a dynamic offense. Like there's right? just weapon after weapon after weapon. And it's both, you know, you have these these wide receivers and these the strong running backs who are, you know, Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt are different, but they play off each other so well. And it's sort of like the way they used last year was kind of like a, a starter and a closer. Which is just like, there's so many different options. There's so many different ways for them to win games. And, you know, it's just, it's very exciting to think about. And the fullbacks. Don't forget Andy Janovich. The fullback. (laughs) Yes. Kevin Stefanski loves his fullbacks. And the tight ends. There's so many, there's so many weapons. I know. I cannot wait. Yeah. And David Njoku is someone too that, okay, guys. I have drafted David Njoku every year since he's been in this football league. And this was the first year I did not pick him to be my tight end. And I really hope he has a breakout year, okay? I'm rooting for him. I thought about it as we were doing our draft that night. And I was like, I can't justify doing this. Like, I wanted to so bad because I, in my mind, and it's every year that I do this, in my mind, it's always like, oh, this is going to be Dave Njoku's year. But if you look at the, the plethora of weapons on that team, trying to say, oh, yeah, this guy's going to be, you know, what, he's not, this isn't the Detroit Lions where there's only so many, <laughs> there's only so Ouch. much talent. You know what I mean? There's so much talent. So it was, it was actually kind of hard to say, yeah, I'm going to draft anyone in the Browns offense because while I think they're all going to have, you know, the the capability to have really good numbers this year is there, it's going to be tough because there's just so many of them. Yeah, though I did see the clips today from OBJ running his routes and catching passes from Baker, and I literally almost teared up. I like, It made me so happy to see him, yes. like, back out there in his element. I just – I want him to have a good year. I don't care, yes. like, if he doesn't get a ton of yards every single game. Like, I just want him to be productive and find his place in this offense to just shut everyone up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and, and you know they always want to have their 1,000-yard seasons, whether it's um, rushing on the running back side or receiving on the wide receiver's side. It's going to be very difficult for them to get their 1,000-yard seasons just because of 
all of the weapons there. And when OBJ says that he doesn't care about his stats, he doesn't care about his numbers, I truly believe him. Like, I'm sure he would be just as happy to have, you know, a 500-yard season, which he will not be that low. He's definitely going to get more than that. But, like, even if it was only a 500-yard season, if as long as the team is winning, he's going to be happy. So I just... Yes. They deserve it's it. It's going to be... Yeah, he and, like, it. when you look at this team... Like the two, like the three fours on this team, like someone like Hollywood Higgins would be a one or a two wide receiver on any other team. Like the Mm -hmm. only reason he's fighting DPJ for that number three spot is because OBJ and Jarvis are ahead of him. Yeah. Like he would be on almost any other team. He would be in a one or a two spot. Yeah. And the final thing, storyline, that I haven't really heard talked about that much is the fans and the impact of having fans in stadiums this year. Um, You know, last year, majority of games were played in empty stadiums or towards the end of the year, you know, there was 15,000, 20,000 fans, very different than a stadium full of 70,000 and upwards. Um, So I would expect that the stadium on Sunday is going to be rocking. It's going to be loud. Mm -hmm. It's going to be like, it's going to be even more so more amplified just based on the fact that like, Nobody had been together like that in over a year and a half, two years almost. So I expect that it's going to be really ramped up. Um, And Kevin Stefanski did mention that they have been practicing with fan noise to prepare themselves for this. But that is the one thing when I when I think about, you know, what could go wrong, like nerves are going to be high, I'm sure. It's going to take a little while to get settled as they start this game. But is that going to be another factor that could weigh into, you know, being a challenge for this Browns team, specifically the offense? It'll be challenging, but I'm confident that they'll be able to play through it. You know, because like first energy, you know, I know it's the home crowd, but they're also really, really loud. So it's, mm-hmm. I, it's not like this team is not aware like they're they're unable to play with lots of crowd noise especially the veterans like I know there's some you know some rookies on the team and yeah. this will be their first NFL game but I don't know I just I feel so confident and it's because we have our BFFs running the team and Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski like I don't know that I've ever been more confident going into a season than I am with this one which makes me scared a little bit because <laughs> you know you don't want to get overconfident on anything but I just The crowd noise will definitely be a factor, but I don't think it's going to be make or break. No. No, I'm with you. We're good. We're good on the, the you know, cheer all you want, Kansas City fans. <laughs> I have you cannot bring be, it. The Browns cannot be shaken, okay? I have cannot a there's going to be a lot of Browns fans there because Browns fans travel sure. really well. I, I'm sure. I feel like I see a, a lot of people... On Twitter, like I see it retweeted a lot into my timeline of people wanting to make the trek down to Kansas City because I don't I guess they're saying it's not that far. I don't know how far it is I'll have to Google it but uh, I have a feeling that the Browns fans are going to travel well like listen there are Browns backers bars in all 50 states for a reason yes yes mm-hmm. very true so we, we shall see we shall soon see all right, so the storyline coming out of the game. I wanted to throw this to your guys' way to, to see if you have any predictions as to what could be talked about coming out of the game. And the one thing, I don't know why I was thinking about this yesterday, but I was trying to prepare myself for, regardless of the Browns winning or losing the game on Sunday, I still believe the conversation will be centered around the Chiefs. And we should all prepare ourselves for that. 
and we dealt with this a little bit last year, even after wins, the story wasn't necessarily about the Browns. It was about the other team. And it didn't matter if we won or lost. So I'm just preparing myself that if we go out and we pull out a victory, the whole story is going to be about Kansas City. And, you know, are they figured out? Are they, you know, what's their season going to pan out to be? Because, of course, it's like the overreactions coming out of week one. But I'm just saying, like, as a Browns fan, I I still don't think we will get the credit that we deserve. So just prepare yourselves, Browns fans. Browns Twitter. Yeah. Oh, I have a feeling it's going to be like that. I have a feeling it's going to be like that for a while. Yeah. Um, just because this has been such a quick turnaround. Well, <laughs> prove it. Really. Let's say, well, let's say within the last four years, since since Baker has come to the Browns, it has been a very quick turnaround. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, until the Browns are perennial playoff contenders for five to ten years, that that's probably what the national conversation is going to be. So it's it's going to take a few seasons of winning to kind of shake that whole um, the other team failing and not the the Browns succeeding. I feel like it's going to be different now. Um, recently, you've seen at least a couple national like talking heads giving I first of all number one I think it, it's all going to depend on how Baker Mayfield does mm-hmm. if he looks really good I think they're finally going to start the conversation is going to be like is Baker Mayfield finally you know blah 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 I think it's all going to be about what he does how he performs um, because for whatever reason they love talking about Baker Mayfield Almost as much as they love talking about Patrick Mahomes, just in a, in a different way. But no matter, I think, regardless, win, lose, they're going to shine the light on him. So we're going to hear a lot about Baker Mayfield. Oh, boy. They better shine the light on them quads. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I really hope they do that during the broadcast. I hope that they pull up a screenshot of that Instagram and be like, oh, look at what Baker Mayfield did over the weekend. And look at those quads. <laughs> <laughs> Giving you ideas, NFL Network. Let's go. I'm going to text that one to, to Aditi. Hey, Aditi, here's an idea for Sunday broadcasts. There you go. <laughs> Love it. Love it. You guys ready for some over-unders? Then we'll get into, we'll finish up with Rival Reddit. Oh, yeah. Yes. Or vice versa. We can go into Rival Reddit and finish up. We can finish up with over-unders. Like that's, yeah, let's, that's just, let's finish up end. with over-unders. Yes. Okay. Okay. So Rival Reddit, just very quickly. Um, so Ravens and Steelers boards kind of got a little bit twisted this past week because Le'Veon Bell is now a Raven. So Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> oh, my God. Being a Raven, okay. got the Ravens board all fired up and arguing has now since ensued about his usage and if he will flourish in the Ravens offense. Like they are expecting him to be like the next coming. Oh, my God. Do you guys. OK, I don't know if you guys have seen this. I posted it in a TikTok a long time ago, and I think that's still up, even though my account's private now. But I posted this because there was a local news story in Pittsburgh from a few years ago, and I think this was one of the years where um, Le'Veon was in contract negotiations, and there was rumors that he wasn't going to come back to the Steelers, and it was all upset. And this local news was interviewing this woman on the street, and she was, like, pissed that Le'Veon Bell wanted more money. And I quote this video way too much, and nobody knows what I'm talking about, because, again, it's local news in Pittsburgh. 
but she was so upset at him wanting the money. And she goes, you can't take it with you, Le'Veon. <laughs> we made you. We built the talent. We're the Steelers. I'll have to send you guys the video because it is hilarious. So ever since like Le'Veon is back in the news, I've been quoting that and of course been getting strange looks. <laughs> you can't take it with you, Le'Veon. So yeah, I he mean, got he got he got Reddit Steelers and Ravens boards all fired up. Oh my gosh, it's, that makes I I kind of love seeing that where you had someone who was so contentious in Pittsburgh now going to Baltimore and like he's 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 great like he's a really good football player but you know there's just there's too many like off the field stories that surround him and I just don't know that the the Ravens are going to do well if he causes any kind of distractions like that Imagine not having Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> right? Imagine having to hype yourself into Le'Veon Bell in 2021. Oh that makes I mean, me sad for them. Like, I'm just sad. I mean, I know, like, I kind of, like, hate the joke that Lamar Jackson is uh, Baltimore's best running back. But, like, I don't know. He might be Baltimore's best running back. I mean, it's true. It's, you know, it's true. He he is who he is. But he's also a good quarterback, too. Yeah, like, no, wanna, like, like, no I don't want to take, that's, yeah, that's the only reason why I don't like that joke, because I don't want to take away, I don't want to, like, undermine his ability as a, as a quarterback, but, I mean, <laughs> you might be running the ball all the time. <laughs> Lamar, I'm sorry. <laughs> So the other thing, that was really it on Ravens. I mean, they're all fired up because Peter King ranked the AFC, his AFC playoffs, and the Browns were number four and the Ravens were number seven. So wow. they were unhappy with that. But it's it's interesting because he had the, the Patriots above them, the Ravens, as well as I think the Chargers, potentially. Um, so anyway, they were all up in arms about that. But the Steelers board, you guys, is always where it's at. So... I want to talk about that. Outside of Le'Veon Bell, you guys, I'm sure, have been following the whole T.J. Watt contract drama. Oh, my God, yes. I mean, this has been going on, obviously, the whole training camp, and it, it quietly. And now, all of a sudden, everyone's panicked because the season's about to start, and he hasn't actually participated in team drills. And now, like, they're the organization's getting questions. Players are speaking out about it. So, of course, Reddit boards are flooded with leaks <laughs> from oh my God. other reddit users hashtag sources trying to interpret background noises on instagram stories of players and oh trying to oh depict tj's instagram story that he posted of a lion so you know like they're like i mean they are just going crazy with like what does this picture of a lion mean <laughs> of course it means that the media's lion <laughs> it's, just, it's literally the most entertaining thread I have ever like I mean it it was worse than Browns fans tracking planes oh I was about God. to ask was there a plane tracker on Reddit I, I don't I, I don't know but I was dying when they posted this video I don't I don't even know whose Instagram story it was but they were like do you hear that in the background someone said it took him this long and they were like that was Derek Watt his brother it's it's good we're good everything's good oh the contract signed so yeah I just, it's I, I just feel like the the like the Watt brothers 
live for this kind of thing because JJ pulled that same crap this past off exactly. season. Exactly. Like, where is he gonna go? Where? And then he winds up going to Arizona. Right. Okay. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my god. So yeah, that uh, if you want some entertainment, go check go check out those those boards. And then the other thing I thought was really funny is someone posted like, "Drop your prediction for the game on Sunday. They play the Bills." And of course, every single Yinzer is picking the Steelers. To win. Oh my god, delusional. Yeah, no, that's yeah, I delusional. I don't think that the. I, I wonder how much the Steelers are going to be exposed this year because it Gosh, took them. I hope. It took I hope them so ben, long. They big went, ben just like his his arm is just noodle, full on noodle. Yeah. Well, I mean, it took them because they won eleven straight last year, so it took them a really long time to be exposed. So while everybody else was saying the Steelers are frauds, Steelers are frauds, and you know, we're kind of, and they're pointing at the record, which was undeniable. Like it took a while for them to get exposed. Uh, I for, I don't think I saw it today, but I was sitting there thinking, I wonder how Ben Roethlisberger feels about the TJ Watt situation. Cause I'm sitting, I'm sure he's like, guys, I took a pay cut for you. So he was quoted in saying today, like that was the other big thing. He was quoted as saying like TJ Watt deserves all the money they should give yeah, it to him. Ex- yeah. So I'm sure he'd like <laughs> no doubt that Ben Roethlisberger thinks he deserves the money. I'm sure big Ben is sitting there like all pissy. He's like, I took a pay cut for what? For, for, for TJ Watt to do this to me. Come on, man. <laughs> Listen, I am here for the Steelers turmoil. I'm here. If the players are upset with the organization and them not paying him, like I am fine. Like F with their minds, like F with all of their minds. Like they're all going to be distracted and thinking about like, do I have a long-term future here? Cause are they going to pay me? Like, this is great. This is great news for us. Oh, the drama is so much fun when it's not about the Browns. Yes. Precisely. Brittany, anything to add? Um, I just promise you that the Steelers are not going to go 11. They're not going to start 11. Yes. This. Like, I'm looking oh, at their yeah, schedule. No. What I'm doing right now is looking at all the losses they're going to get. <laughs> I'm going through this, like, loss, 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 loss. Yes. So, they, they, you know, they start with the Bills, obviously, loss. Um, Raiders, eh, they might be able to. Bengals, probably. Packers, loss. Broncos, eh. It, I mean, they're they're not going to fool anyone this year like they did last year. That's not yeah. going to happen. Well, they're playing the number one. They're playing the number one schedule, right? Because they finish. They finish first. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. Good for you. <laughs> this is exactly what you guys wanted. Because here's the thing: if the Browns win, they're just going to continue to shift the goalpost. Right. Right, sure. like you, your schedule was weak, so you had yeah. an okay season. <laughs> that was my. As we took you out of the today. playoffs, right? <laughs> One, two, Come on. Come so on. I have a question for you guys before we finish up because we were we're talking a little bit of AFC North. What do you guys think we're gonna see from the Bengals this year? Because I feel like they've kind of gone by the wayside. Mm-hmm. People forget about poor little Joey B. You know, he was out with an injury last year. He's back. Uh, do you think the stock for the Bengals is on the rise or is it going to take another few seasons of building that roster before they become a contender in the AFC North? So I think it's just going to depend on if Joe Burrow plays scared or not. And I, I don't blame him if he does. Like that's such a what happened last year was horrific. They really did nothing to to help a situation that much. You know, they're putting him at risk again. I would be scared, too. And, you know, it, it's just it's it's all up to the Bengals and what they decide to do and how much help they decide to get him. And this year, I would not expect them to be that good. Um, maybe, you know, the next two or three years, if he doesn't get hurt again, 
praying that he does not. But if he doesn't get mm-hmm. hurt again, they get him the help that he needs, then I think they could be decent. They could be contenders in, like, two or three years. I just feel like it would be, like, the AFC would be so much fun if it's the Browns and the Bengals yes. battling for first and not the Browns. Because I think right now it feels very much so that it's going to be Browns and Ravens battling for that number one spot. Although, if you ask any Steelers fan, <laughs> right, they think it's going to be them. Yes. But I don't, I don't know. I just, maybe it's just because Cincinnati fans, I feel like, are really chill and they don't start a lot. They don't stir a lot of shit the way Ravens and Yes. And Steelers fans do. I don't know. Maybe that's just me and thinking about how fun it would be if it's the Browns and the Bengals battling in the AFC North and then the Steelers and the Ravens are. Yeah. The forgotten. Ravens are interesting because they've just been riddled with injuries this whole yeah. like off season. And I don't know. It's it, that'll be interesting to see what happens with them, too. But yeah, the Bengals. I don't know. I don't trust that they really got all that better this Mm-mm. year, going into this year. No, um, not good enough. Yeah, no. so I think Joe Burrow is great. I think he has a lot of potential, but I just don't know if they put the pieces around him to improve him, like, quite no. frankly. Like, I think he's only going to be able to do so much just based on his own talent. Like, it almost feels like what the Browns did to Baker Mayfield in 2019, like – they gave him a really crappy offensive line and was like, Hey, good luck. You know, second season. Yes. Good luck. I think mm-hmm. the coaching staff surrounding Joe Burrow is much better, but I don't know. I I would hate to be a bagel Bengals fan with that offensive line protecting your franchise quarterback. Well, yeah. That's and all. then today he mentioned something like, you know, the football's about being hit. Can't wait to get hit again. And I'm like, dude, oh, no, you don't no. you don't mean that. No. <laughs> yeah, right? Please, like please don't put that in the universe. No, Joe. 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 We'll have to get um our our friend James Rapine back on and he can give us the lowdown on what's going on in Cincinnati. Yes. Yes, we shall. All right, let's wrap up with over-unders. So, guys, I threw these together. I have no idea if these are realistic or not. I think some of them are. But, hey, they're our own, and we will go with it. So, first, I want to start out with sacks because I think there's been a lot of chatter we talked about on our show, the Chiefs offensive line versus the Browns D-line. Now, Patrick Mahomes was sacked three times in the Super Bowl last year, even though he was pressured multiple times. Mm. So... I I don't know how many times he's going to get sacked. And I originally said this at three and a half, but I think three is probably a good number. So over or under three, which I think, I don't know. What do you guys think? Meredith? I think I'm going to go with the under and uh, not by that much. Like I could, I feel like two sacks is realistic. So I'm going to say the under. But I think there's going to be I think there's going to be a lot of pressure. Yeah, maybe I should have put pressures on here. A bajillion. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Infinity (laughs) times infinity pressures. I'm also going to take the under on this just because he's Patrick Mahomes is so sneaky. Sneaky. You know, he's good on his feet. He can get out. All right. The next I have is OBJ. Total yards. 80. Mm, I'm going to take the under on this one, too. Okay. It's just abund- abundance of talent, guys. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my thought. Um, I forget what the number was, but OBJ, when he was at his youth camp a few weeks ago, was talking about the thousand yard seasons. And I, I want to say the number was low, like something 65 or 67 yards or something like that. A game, that's all he needed to get uh, to have a thousand yard season. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be the under. At All least right. this time. I think there's. I think he's going to have at least one game where he gets over 100 yards. I just, I want that for him so badly. But yeah, this time around, we're going to say under. Okay, well, maybe I can get you guys to say over for this one. Although, I don't know. Baker Mayfield, touchdown passes two. I'll take the over on this one. Woo! Why not, right? <laughs> Got to be optimistic somewhere. Um, I have to take the under just for consistency's sake. Uh, oh. I was the reason why is because um, I was forced, not forced, but um, on a show that I was on a few days ago, we were talking about our predictions for the weekend, and this will go into the next over under as well. Uh, based on my prediction, um, Baker Mayfield would not have more than two touchdown passes. I'm going to say push. Because I think he's going to have two. Meredith, push. Pick a side, Meredith. Well, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna wait until Bree does her next over under to explain why. Okay. All right. Total points. This is actually what is out there in Vegas, unless it's changed since this morning. But total points are set at fifty nine and a half, and then the Chiefs are favored to win this game by six. Do you guys think the total points <clears throat> is accurate at fifty nine and a half? Do you think? over or under I mean with the Chiefs favored to win that means they're gonna score 30 points or more which is kind of crazy like that like they're I don't know that's feel it feels like a high point like is this gonna be a high scoring game I don't think so I I mean and that's that's why I said the under because when I was uh when I was asked for my prediction a few days ago I think the final score I had was Chiefs 23 rounds 20 so I took the under on the points. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think it's going to be defense-heavy. Um, so that's why I had to go for the under on Baker Mayfield touchdown passes because if the Browns are only scoring 20 points in my prediction, he can't throw <laughs> three touchdown passes. Just not mathematically possible. Unless he does throw three touchdown passes and there's a missed extra point, but I don't want to put that in the universe. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Listen, I got to take the over on this. You do. Because I said he would, consistency's sake, I got to go with the over. So I'm glad you're going with the over. But also, like, it makes me sad because I'm like, oh, man, our defense is going to give up this many points. I know, right? That's what I was thinking, too. (laughs) No, that stinks. But I think if on point number one, total sacks, if we can get to three, I think we win the game. Ooh, I like that. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I think the fun part about this weekend is that either team could realistically and conceivably win. You know, this it, like I think probably my favorite part about this week one matchup is we're not looking at this and saying like the Browns are toast. We're looking at this and saying the Browns have a very realistic chance of winning this football game and we're not being homers we're not you know wearing orange and brown glasses on this one like that's the objective truth and that's one of the things that gets me so excited about this weekend is because it it really could go either way and no matter what 
you know, as long as the Browns are looking good, it's going to be, it's going to be a great start to the season. Yeah. I think a storyline that I just thought about that could probably come out of the game if the Browns lose is Joe Woods. Oh, (laughs) I think we should just prepare ourselves. The Browns lose that Joe Woods will be questioned. He will be put at stake. Oh, yeah. Do you guys remember that scene from um, Bring It On where they the the cheerleader squad got that like awful choreographer to do their routine and then like the um the redhead that graduated before she was like what are you doing i like i put nationals on a platter for you hello platter nationals and she like <laughs> did that like i feel like if <laughs> if the defense does give up that many points that'd be andrew barry going up to joe woods be like hello defense platter silver platter here <laughs> He wouldn't actually do that, but that's the way I picture it happening in my mind. (laughs) I love it. All right, guys. Well, that wraps us up for the show tonight. Looking forward to seeing hopefully everyone at High and Dry on Sunday, as we mentioned earlier. Um, Please come say hello to us, obviously, if you are there. Um, And hopefully we get to enjoy a victory Monday and we will be chatting with you guys all next week. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to download us, rate us, and review us on your listening platform. And we'll talk to you guys all soon.